Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Howdy, welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, the Eric Erickson Show. I know, can you believe the name of the show is my name? And it's my real name, not even a stage name. You'd be amazed at the number of people who think it is. But nope, my mama really named me Eric Erickson. And I am like the 16th in a row there. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, it's free for all for the weekend. Uh, Just delighted to have you call in. You can talk about stuff that's off the beaten path today because, well, that's what I'm doing. But I want to talk about the Merchant of Death. The Merchant of Death is the Brittany Griner trade for the Russian arms dealer who was called the Merchant of Death. And the Biden administration argues to some degree that, well, he's old now, but the Pentagon is convinced that he's going to go back into arms trading, and they're deeply concerned. One of the things that this guy was doing before he was arrested was selling arms to individuals to target the American military and the DEA. Yes, He was selling arms, particularly to cartels in Mexico, to kill American military and drug enforcement agents. And the Pentagon is now worried that he just might go back to selling arms to those who would kill our military and our drug enforcement agents who go south of the border. There's real grave concern about that in the military. And yet, he's been traded for a WNBA star. They traded someone who actually can shoot for a WNBA star. I mean, let's just, let's let's put this just matter-of-factly, honestly. You're trading a man they call the merchant of death for a WNBA star. As opposed to for Paul Whelan, the Marine. Victor Bout is the guy's name. And he's being released. While officials, this is from Politico, while officials of the Pentagon applauded Griner's release, some are worried about the impact of Bout's return, particularly in Africa. Nicknamed the Merchant of Death, he was serving a 25-year prison sentence on charges of conspiring to kill Americans, delivery of anti-aircraft missiles, and aiding a terrorist organization. Quote, I think there is a concern that he would return to doing the same kind of work that he's done in the past. In quote, said one senior defense department official who spoke on conditions of anonymity. With Bout back in Russia, National Security Council spokesman John Kirby stressed that our national security interest is not going to change. We're going to make sure we can defend this country against any and all threats. And so with Mr. Bout being back on the street, we're going to stay focused on making sure we can defend this country. Well, that's reassuring. This doesn't seem like a good trade to me. Yeah, I realize that uh, we have an American citizen home. And and by the way, uh, I think Brittany Griner was largely targeted because she was an American. And she she made a dumb mistake that made it easy for the Russians 
we can we can joke about the WNBA and stuff, but this is an American citizen who was put in a Russian prison who was undoubtedly serving more of a sentence because she was an American than because she had marijuana. I don't think that's in dispute. But she herself made it easy by having the marijuana. And is it really a good thing to trade her for this man? I mean, when you just look at the lineup, um, should we not have gotten Paul Whelan as well? Uh, Yet again, this administration was outmaneuvered by someone else. This administration was outmaneuvered in a negotiation. This administration, and if we're really seriously, bluntly honest, I have a personal belief that the Biden administration was more interested in recovering a black lesbian WNBA star than they were recovering a Marine. And they were perfectly fine trading the merchant of death, a global arms dealer whose arms trade has killed many Americans to get home the WNBA star, regardless of the fate of the Marine. That may offend some of you, but in the intersectional politics of the age, who do you think the progressives in the White House were more interested in, the white male Christian Marine or the black lesbian WNBA star? They moved heaven and earth to bring her home, willing to trade an arms dealer whose dealings caused the deaths of thousands because of woke intersectional politics. You will notice, and this is again why I think this administration was interested in in doing it this way. The fact that the Biden administration waited until after the election to trade a black lesbian WNBA star for a Russian arms dealer while ignoring a Marine in prison knows is an admission against interest that they knew it would be perceived badly and they didn't care but had to care enough to put it after the election. I believe that, folks. I'm sorry if you don't. I don't think they they were willing to move heaven and earth for the white male Christian Marine. I think they were willing to move heaven and earth for intersectional woke politics. If Mr. Whelan in the Russian prison wish to transition and begin to identify as a uh, transgender female and become an atheist, the Biden administration might actually get serious about bringing him her home. But until that happens, he'll be sitting there. I think that's how this administration operates. They have checked the boxes on intersectional politics for what they can do. And also, let's be honest, it was an easier lift to bring her home. The Russians didn't really care about her. They care greatly about Paul Whelan. They're pretty sure he was working for the intelligence community, whether he was or not. Her, She was just leveraged to bring home their merchant of death. And this administration fell for it. They, they gave up the leverage. They did it. And I don't think there's any doubt at all this guy is going to go back into the arms business and more people, including more Americans, are going to die. He 
literally was in the process of selling arms to kill American soldiers and DEA agents when he was arrested. It's one of the things he excelled at. In Africa, he excelled at selling weapons to kill U.S. special forces who were there cracking down on al-Qaeda. This administration can give us lots of lip service, but this is also the administration who promises the Taliban would not take over uh, Kabul the day they took over Kabul. This is the administration who executed a haphazard withdrawal from Afghanistan, costing the lives of 13 Americans. That's just just the truth. You may not like it. You may be mad at me for telling you the truth, but that doesn't mean it's not the truth. It's still the truth. It is the truth. This administration is not very good at competence. It's only saving grace in the midterms was so many Republicans identified as Trump Republicans and even a lot of Republicans refused to vote for them. That sort of stuff matters. You know, so I've been asked repeatedly now, um, is it really candidate quality about the Republicans? It, it, was it really candidate quality? Didn't we just not turn out? We now actually have the data of who turned out. It, it's been enough time. The rolls have been cleaned up. We know who voted. And overwhelmingly, Republicans actually did turn out in most places in most states, including states like Arizona and Georgia. Republicans turned out at a higher rate than Democrats. But those Republicans turned out and many of them voted Democrat or they did not vote at all in a race, giving the Democrats an advantage because they thought the Republican candidate was nuts or sucked. get people who call this program all the time and they say, well, I've just vote Republican and everybody should vote Republican. The problem is that, yes, maybe so, except people don't. In the would-be, could-be, should-be world of politics, yes. But in the real world, no. Some people actually want to vote for someone. And when they see a candidate that they think uh, falls outside of their purview of what a candidate should be, they're not going to vote for them. So you on the Republican side, you got to, Find better candidates. It's not hard. You just have to find better candidates. And I, I do think it may be hard in some degree because some of you decided to go with candidates who you're still dogmatically in favor of as the best candidate possible when the voters clearly said, no, the hell they weren't. And you're like, yes, they were. You're all wrong. You can be righteous in your defeat, I guess, and stamp your foot and insist that a man with with multiple personality disorder and a whole lot of baggage, including holding a gun to his ex-wife's head, was better than a man who hiked Afghanistan to learn the language and join the Navy SEALs. But that's on you. The voters clearly disagreed. Same with people in Blake Masters. The, these young uh, nationalist, uh, populist people are like, Blake Masters is the best thing ever. He poll-tested focus group worse than any candidate on the ballot anywhere this year, including Kerry Lake, who beat him, who got more of the vote. He underperformed every other Republican by 11%, and you think that was Mitch McConnell's fault? At some point, I realize some of you just want to stir the pot and pick a fight. But at some point, I would really like to take the Senate and gain the House and the White House. And your crap candidates aren't doing it. We need better candidates. And this story, Victor Bout being released for Brittany Griner is one of the reasons why. Because we need an actual probative investigation into what went down. And why her, not why Paul, not Paul Whelan? 
We need an actual investigation into why they put such an effort in here. Was it the woke politics, the intersectionality? Was there something else? Was this just such an easy lift? They could get some PR for it and they wanted the good PR so they didn't even try to make the heavy lift. I suspect that's what it was, the woke politics and the heavy lift. But you got to get better Republican candidates to win, to be able to do this. And I, I just, I got to I gotta tell you, again, lovingly, you may think Candidate X is the greatest thing since sliced bread. But when everybody else says no, you can still think it, but you need to acknowledge that it didn't translate into being a viable candidate for everyone else. Maybe you need to take a back seat and let other people pick the candidate. That may, maybe that's just me, but I mean, at the same time, uh, when you're picking um, turd sandwiches and telling people how tasty they are, and people refuse to bite, um, maybe you need to get out of the kitchen and let somebody else find a meal. I just that, that that's just me. That that's just me. My opinion. I could be wrong, except the voters kind of agreed with me. A friend of mine and I were discussing bull and branch sheets the other night when he was sitting on the front porch with me, and he didn't believe that they got softer and softer every time you wash them. His wife was not convinced at all. She figured it was all marketing hype. Now she wants bull and branch sheets for all of their beds at home. Why? Because they really do get softer every time you wash them. They're free of toxins, pesticides, harsh chemicals at every step of the process. They're the finest 100% organic cotton on earth. They're made by artisans who earn the pay and the respect they deserve and right now you can bring home a better night's sleep this holiday season with bowl and branch bedding their signature sheets even come wrapped and ready in a beautiful holiday gift box it's going to look good it's going to feel great for a limited time get 20 percent off your first set of sheets and free shipping when you use promo code eric at bowlandbranch.com that's bowlandbranch b-o-l-l-a-n-d branch.com promo code is eric e-r-i-c-k at bowlandbranch.com we don't use the word deviant enough anymore. Um, some people don't have enough of a sense of shame anyway, uh, but that assistant deputy underling undersecretary of energy, Sam Britton, is a deviant. Uh, his lifestyle is purely sexually hedonistic, he wears dresses and lipstick, defines himself by plural pronouns. He has deep mental issues, very deep mental issues, and lives a deviantly hedonistic lifestyle and is now um, charged with stealing l luggage from the Minneapolis airport and now has a felony warrant out on him from Nevada for also stealing luggage at Harry Reid International Airport. How a guy like this got in charge of spent fuel and waste disposition within the Office of Nuclear Energy for the Department of Energy is beyond me. I realize we're not supposed to be judgy people, but if I saw a man in a dress with lipstick who brags about dressing up as pups for sexual encounters 
and attend spanking conferences and lectures people on how to sexually spank others. Uh, and he uses these these plural pronouns and like, uh, that would clearly signal to me he has mental health issues. And I would not put someone like that in charge of something like spent fuel and waste disposition. And I certainly would not be surprised when I found out it all blew up in his face and now there are allegations he's made up part of his bio. Uh, he has made these claims about his parents sending him to gay conversion camps in Florida and several people in the gay community who wanted to research the story realized there were no such camps in Florida at the time as he described them. And he probably made up a significant portion of the bio that put him on the map to be of some note for people to get attention, to get a job like this. We don't use the word deviant enough. And I think we have gotten so tolerant as a society, you know, people call People like me, intolerant and close-minded. I get that. The problem here is that some people have gotten so open-minded, their brains have fallen out. You can't look at someone like this, I'm sorry, but you can't, and think this is all right. And that people in this administration did, and are now seeing it blow up in their face, you just got to stand back and look and say, yeah, that was bound to happen because it was bound to happen. I just, uh, you got to pray for people like this, that they, this, this lost, lost soul. Um, and I don't think it's healthy that we normalize this. And I don't think it's healthy that you've got an embrace in the media in many places to humor this guy by using the they, them pronouns. Some of the stories have read so awkwardly because they're talking about him, but they're saying they, at least kudos to the Nevada, the Las Vegas, Nevada news network for not playing that game. It actually reads Brinton, Sam Britton is his name. Britton faces charges for a similar incident at the Minneapolis airport. He was on leave after the charges. I saw another news outlet cover this. And they said they were on leave. No, he was on leave. I don't think we need to go down the rabbit hole of embracing the pronoun nonsense and this sort of it's just it absolutely. I like y'all. We're, we're in a mental health crisis in this country across the board. I feel sorry for the people going through it, but I don't think we need to normalize aspects of the mental health breakdown in this country so people feel good about themselves when they clearly need some help. And this guy clearly needs some help. Uh, but the flamboyancy of his behavior has given him some level of fame and gotten him a job in the Biden administration. And so it looked like it was working until the moment it didn't. And then he crashes and burns. And usually when that happens, there's no safety net of people who really care about the person. And it ends badly. Uh, I would be worried about this guy if I were around him and and be a real friend to him if he needed one, If if I knew him. Because he clearly needs it, but he he needs he needs Jesus too. My goodness gracious, um, stealing luggage at airports. Now, listen, I've picked up the wrong bag from a carousel before because it looked just like mine, and then I realized it wasn't. I always look at the name and I put it back. I don't understand the. I'm just gonna go go take random suitcase off, and maybe I hit the jackpot. But 
Apparently, this guy did, uh, and one of them was just an expensive bag. Just what a weird thing. We got more stuff to talk about other than this nonsense when we come back. We'll take your phone calls as well, 877-973-7425. It's a free-for-all for for the weekend when we come back with your phone calls. And, oh, you're going to listen. I got a point to make when we come back. I want to tell you guys a little about a group I've been working with, Americans for Prosperity. Maybe you've heard of them. They're the largest grassroots network in the country fighting to expand freedom and opportunity so that we can unleash prosperity in America again. Here's what I like about Americans for Prosperity. They focus on building movements at the community level, not Washington, D.C. That's actually how I first came to know them, in Georgia, helping rise up the Tea Party movement in 2010. They understand we're not going to find solutions in Washington. we got to take power out of Washington. That's going to have to come from Americans like you outside the Beltway bubble. That's why I'm excited to partner with Americans for Prosperity to provide an effective platform where we can talk to our fellow Americans and advocate for solutions to the most critical challenges facing the country. I encourage you to learn more about Americans for Prosperity by going to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. Greetings and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Delighted to have you with me. The phone number 877-973-7425. Curtis, let's go to you. Welcome, Curtis. How are you? Good, Eric. How are you today? Good. Yeah, my my question to you, call screener, was, you know, I keep hearing you say uh, we all need better candidates, but my, my question is, who in their right mind would want to get out there and put themselves in the political arena knowing that any small thing they've done in their past is going to, is going to be exposed? I mean, everybody is going to know about it. And, you know, we're all sinners. We've all done something wrong in our past. And, you know, I really kind of admire Herschel for getting out there because he had to know all this stuff would come to light. Um what I struggle with is people holding him accountable for it when he told everybody that he turned to Jesus Christ. And if you look at his history from that day on, it's, it's relatively clean. Yeah. And you know, I got to say again on, on that, Curtis, um, I, the strategic mistake that the campaign made was not aggressively responding when those attacks started. It took him more than two months to do it. And because it took them too long, uh, they didn't respond. But I, I, I get your point, and you almost think that only sociopaths want to run for office these days, but it's not really true. Um, I will tell you, having known a lot of politicians, including presidents, um, they are a lot of them are very quirky. Um, they, they, they have personal, they're relatable people, but they have quirks, uh, particularly at the presidential level. You, you, those who run for president are some quirky individuals. All very, they can be normal, but they got some quirks. A lot of the people who run for politics have some quirks in them, but they're not bad people. And there are good people. I mean, look at, I mean, Brian Kemp is a great example. He's one of the most profoundly normal people. And I mean that in a, a, a very good way. He's just a normal person. He and his wife are normal people. Um, and, they're, they're good people, and he's a good governor, and he's the sort of person you should want in office who thinks for himself. You may not always agree with him, but you know his his heart's in the right place, and he's going to do his best job. It's a very weird thing these days with the, the people who get in, and the attacks can be so atrocious. But, you know, people weather the storm. Good people weather the storm. Uh, and it just depends on how much ammunition you give the other side. And I, I, I don't think it's beyond dispute whether you say, well, he 
he repented, he reformed, and he moved Jesus or not, Herschel Walker provided all the ammo the other side needed. And when you run for office, you have to assess your strengths and weaknesses. And those were uh, weaknesses that could have been strengths. You know, there's a, um, I think it's Jim Inhofe from Oklahoma, had been a businessman and he went bankrupt and decided to run for the Senate or run for the House first after his bankruptcy. And he held a press conference and he said, look, I'm, I've gone bankrupt. My business has gone under. And it's gone under because I had a business that could not keep up with the regulatory burdens that the government kept imposing. And it drove my costs up so much I couldn't make ends meet. And I'm going to Washington because I don't think any small businessman should have to go through what I went to. And he turned a bankruptcy into a, into a strength. Herschel could have run and done an ad and said, all of these attacks are coming about because I tried to raise awareness about mental health. And in doing so, I provided them the ammunition they're using against me. I'm not the man now I was then. And the strategy was bad. And I will tell you, because I know people on the campaign, that they had those ads and the candidate himself dragged his feet on releasing them. There were, there were problems there. Um, some people don't want to acknowledge them, but they were there. I'm honest to goodness tired to continue to dwell on what happened in Georgia. I want to talk about something else. Let's move on. I wrote a piece this morning. Um, I actually wrote it late, later than I normally do. Normally, I either write before I go to bed or get up at 6 and write. Um, but I want to talk to you about something. There are a lot of concerns a lot of people have in the world right now. There are a lot of Republicans who are despairing because their team did not do well in the election. And look, I, I get that. I, I got a dog in the fight. I wanted a... a Big night for the GOP. I wanted doom for the Democrats, and it did not come, except in certain parts of the country. There are a lot of people these days, though, prone to despair because they did not get their way in politics, and we see this on the left, and we see this on the right. People who just dive into despair because their political team did not win, and they think it's the be-all and end-all. Kristen Cinema is now an independent in the United States Senate. It throws into chaos the Democrats' control of the Senate, and Democrats today are absolutely livid online, absolutely melting down. They won the Senate. It was 51-49, and now it is 49-49-1. They're furious. Everybody upset about the Victor Bout being released for Brittany Griner, except people on the left. They're very happy about it. You've got the story of Twitter. Uh, Jack Dorsey lied to Congress, it seems. He said Twitter didn't shadow ban people. Uh, the newest, latest release from Elon Musk is yes, uh, they did shadow ban people, particularly they shadow banned conservatives. I actually was somewhat dismissive of the story, and I still think it was probably overplayed by a lot of conservatives claiming to be shadow banned who weren't. But very clearly, they were shadow banning some conservatives. And by shadow ban, it meant they could post. It looked like they were online. They had a limited number of people who would interact with them. But by and large, most people couldn't see their tweets. Twitter was targeting conservatives. People are worked up about that. Can I be real honest with you, though? We are two weeks from Christmas. 
And this is probably a good time to remind you after this election and everything else and the end of the runoff in Georgia and the Senate being settled that God's still in charge. We're not. And all things work for the good of those called according to his purposes. And he has a plan, and this is all part of the plan, and we may not understand why, but it is. God is sovereign. It really is remarkable that 2,000 years ago, that baby born in a manger would be the most profoundly disruptive person ever born on planet Earth. Whole empires have fallen because of him, and new empires risen. And you know, for a very long time, everyone's kind of wanted the rest that was promised in Genesis. Did you know after Cain and Abel, when um, Adam and Eve had Seth, Seth means a, a, appointed. They, you know, in Genesis 3.15, it's called the Proto-Evangelicum. It is the first pronouncement of the gospel. Mary would give birth to a son who would crush the head of the serpent. It was God's promise. And they assumed, well, it must be Seth. We're going to name him Seth because that means appointed. And it wasn't him. And you fast forward over time and you get to Noah and Noah's parents named him Noah, which means rest, uh, Sabbath rest. Noahic rest is the Sabbath rest. They assumed that Noah was the the chosen one. And well, he was in some way, but not the way they thought. And you have to fast forward all the way through past the covenants with Abraham and with David and with Moses. And you, you get to this manger in Bethlehem. And here comes the savior and he's born exactly as people did not think he would be born. Completely the story turned on its head. This baby in a manger God incarnate, condescended himself and then grew up sinless, went through a whole life, was crucified, tortured, nailed to a cross, died, buried, rose again. Profoundly disruptive in human history. And I know there are people who think it's mythology. And for a lot of people, unless you've had that personal immediate experience with him, you you think it's a bunch of hooey or you might believe intellectually or want to believe intellectually, but unless you've had that personal interaction, like so many of us have, myself included, you, you can't believe. Think about those people Josh Youssef was talking about who they they don't have any Christian friends. They don't know anything about Christianity and yet they start having dreams of Jesus. This is a very real pattern of conversion in the Middle East. People who have never come into contact with Christians have dreams of Jesus and convert to Christianity and go seeking out Christians after their conversion. Whether you believe or you don't, whether you're an atheist, you're Jewish, you're Buddhist, what have you, the, the point is this. A lot of the stuff we tend to get ourselves worked up about in the grand scheme of things, they don't really matter. The things that matter tremendously tend to be closer to home to you. Your family and your friends, your immediate work, your community. And we all tend to get worked up over abstractions. We tend to get worked up by what's happening in Washington, D.C. Things we cannot control. I will tell you this, though. If you're a person of faith, you've already won. You're on the winning team. There's no reason to let your anxiety get the better of you. There's no reason to let the stress of the headlines get the better of you. There's no reason to get anxious or mad or go looking for some political savior. You're already won. 
You're on the winning team. There's no reason to be angry. There are certainly things that make you mad. There can be righteous indignation. There can be things that hack you off. I, I totally get it. There are things with me. But the discernment of what can and what cannot and what led, leads you into existential crisis, there are too many things these days that get too many people worked up that they can't control or that people have disagreed with them. And in the Democratic Act within this republic, the voters voted and gave you a result you didn't want, and now you're fretful about the future of the country. The country is going to end. We don't know when, but nothing on this earth is permanent. It's all temporary. What is permanent is the eternal and sometimes you got to recalibrate and reprioritize and remember that's way more important. And this is the perfect season of the year to do it. We are two weeks away from the remembrance of the birth of the Messiah. And that should put all the rest of this in perspective, that there's a plan out there you may not know, you may not appreciate, you may not understand, but there's a plan nonetheless and all things work for your good those of you called according to his purposes, he's sovereign, he's on the throne. Nothing happens on this entire planet without him allowing it to happen or willing it to happen. And it all works for greater good. Sometimes even the worst terrible thing works for a greater good you cannot understand. I'm reminded repeatedly of the story where I told you all for the very first time what my family had been through that I was wheeled into an ICU given 24 hours to live. And as I was being wheeled in, my wife was being told she had a genetic incurable form of cancer. The very same day, I am not expected to live. It is a call your family moment. I've lived that. And I shared that with you on radio. And I had a guy come up to me. I had a books a million. I was doing a book signing. And he said, I just, I need you to know that I was sitting in my car about to commit suicide because my life had fallen apart. Diagnosed with cancer, went to tell his girlfriend he had bought her an engagement ring. They were going to get married and he needed her to know they were going to have to battle cancer together. And before he could propose to her, she had something to tell him. She was pregnant with his best friend's baby. And he was ready, gun-loaded, to commit suicide. He heard me talking about that on radio, and he thought, well, damn, my life ain't so bad. <laughs> God has a reason for everything. He's in charge. Don't let the news headlines get you down so much that you get despondent and despair, particularly at the holiday season. There's so much to be joyous for. Don't do that, folks. Our, our temptation these days in the, in the hard-charging, never-ending news cycle world is to fret and be anxious. Is what the 24-7 news cycle is designed to make us be, fretful and anxious so we stay tuned in. Tune out. Tune into the season. There's a lot to rejoice and be happy about. God's on the throne. He's got a plan, and he will be back. In the meantime... Maybe consider joining something like Americans for Prosperity where you can find fellow conservatives who see the world the same way and want to make the world a better place. And they give you the tools, they equip you, they empower you to be able to get out there and improve the world around you, to advocate for sound policy for free markets and free people. Americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. Americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. You can go find your local chapter. You might be able to start one if you don't have one near you, but most states have one. 
Uh, you go to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric today. Find your local chapter and join it. They are a do tank, not a think tank. They go into local communities and they do the work of the conservative movement, building it and building the army of activists instead of just trading boring white papers. americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. All right. One more call today. Uh, let's go to Andrew. Welcome to the show, Andrew. How are you? Doing great. How are you? Great. What's going on? I just want to know what your favorite Christmas album is. Oh, um, you know, so, boy, that's a tough one. Um, and I will tell you, there's a group out called Future of Forestry, and they have some really, really great uh, Christmas music. Um, they really do a great job. And there's also a local group uh, in uh, near me in Atlanta called Small Town Poets. They've got several great Christmas albums I play every year during my Christmas program. I try to find some of the stuff that's off the beaten path because uh, we all, uh, the, the classics get out there a lot. Uh, like Third Day has a great one. I love Future Forestry. Um, uh, Small Town Poets, even Weezer has a great, Weezer actually has a really good Christmas album. Um, I, I don't know that I have an individually favorite Christmas album. I've got favorite songs that I try to work in. Uh, John Mark McMillan has some need to breathe as, uh, their go tell it on the mountain is good. Um, I just, I have a hard time picking a favorite. I'll tell you my favorite songs for Christmas, uh, more than favorite album, uh, O Come, O Come Emmanuel and, and O Holy Night are my absolute gold standards for Christmas. One of the things I'm interested in though is... The people who find new songs. So there's a there's a guy I follow along with a lot who works for um, works for the Gospel Coalition, and he puts in every year he does an Advent playlist, and you can subscribe. He's got his new one out from the Gospel Coalition right now, and it's kind of got some non traditional. Uh, under the radar songs. Um, I am, I'm not a big fan of Mary. Did you know, I actually know one of the, the, I guess the, the niece of the guy who wrote it. I'm just, yes, she knew the angel Gabriel showed up and told her you're going to bear the Messiah. She knew. Yes, she knew. Um, I I'm, I'm a big fan of the little drummer boy. He clearly needed his butt beat after beating a drum in front of a sleeping newborn baby, but I love the song. Um, there's just, there's some good stuff out there. If you're interested in exploring new music, uh, search for uh, the Advent 20, uh, 2022 Gospel Coalition playlist. You can find it for Spotify and for Apple Music. Um, Drew Holcomb is a great dude, and he's got a good band, Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors. They've got a new album out called A Neighborly Christmas that's worth listening to. Uh, and then there are the old classics like the Ella Fitzgerald came upon a midnight clear. I just, y'all, I, I love Christmas music. I, I do. I'm one of those people who will listen to it um, throughout the year. Andrew Peterson's album, you will hear some of that. Uh, I will be, even though I'm stepping away for Christmas, I will come back for my Christmas um, show on the um, 23rd. And I'll tell you, if you want a really great band that's gotten a really great Christmas album. Look for Manchester Orchestra's Christmas songs from their Oh Holy Night uh, to the rest of it. I could just play that album on repeat. Manchester Orchestra has a great Christmas album, but Weezer does too. They got a good one. Um, the Grey Havens, there's just a lot. Um, 
I kind of have an eclectic taste. You can also follow me on Apple Music or Spotify at E.W. Erickson, and I've got a lot of my music up there that I listen to.